welcome to a special edition of Paranormal Almanac with guest host Elijah Hendrickson. Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about haunted ships. Big ones. But first, as always, we've got shout-outs. That's right, we got shout-outs to Matteo, Justin, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, The Croatian Sensation, Julia, Danger Duck, Jasmine, Ian, Eric, Brandon, Jen, Alexandra, Simon, Eek, Amy, George, Connie, Seth, Christine, Jason, Hayden, Cindy, Kim, Adam, Ashley, Krista, Harry, Harry the bassist, Harry the cat, Fran, Sean, and David, Carolyn, what's that? Uh, Ian, Ian, Lorelai, Carrie, Ezram, Robin, Will, Carrie, Jim, Kelly, Lauren and Phil Mangano, Bill, Russell, Tanya, Chris, GamerFan, Brandon, I, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, and Isaac, Cindy, Bob, Sean Bishop, Cole, Lauren, and David, Ah, Monsters, Paula, Alicia, Jerry, Leo, Austin, Rachel, Lindsay, Hong, Trey, Erica, John, Damian, and Daniel, Jennifer, Megan, Aaron, Jeff T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Josh, Rosa, Shelly, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Veronica, Nick, Autumn, J-Mark, Amber, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashi, Megan, Heidi, Kira, Pablo, Chuck, Laura, Rutho, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Juliana, Dan, Dill, and Laura, with another special shout out to Joe Teague. Alright, that about does it for shoutouts. Let's get on over to Paranormal News. We got a lot of show today, so I really want to keep this thing moving. So, let's do some Paranormal News. The first story in Paranormal News, it's a story I've already kind of talked about in the live episodes, but I really haven't dug deep into it, that the Pentagon establishes a new task force to investigate UFOs. There's not much really more to say than that. The Pentagon are actively searching for UFOs, investigating UFOs. The Pentagon has a whole team about UFOs. Again... Disclosure's coming, people. I know I've said it in the past. I'm going to say it again. Disclosure's coming, and it's coming fast. And, frankly, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, a mysterious radio burst that keeps repeating just woke up right on schedule. That's right. Earlier this year, astronomers announced a dazzling discovery. A fast radio burst called FRB121102 wasn't just repeating. It was repeating on a discernible cycle. For around 67 days, the source is silent. Then, for 90 days, it wakes up again, spitting out repeated millisecond radio flares before falling silent, and the whole 157-day cycle repeats. However, fast radio bursts are extremely mysterious. I want it pointed out. I am not saying that it's aliens. They're really mysterious. There's no guarantee that the cycle would continue but it did. This is something very interesting. We don't know what this thing is, probably won't know for a while, but it's on a cycle. It's not something... Well, it's probably not something natural. It's probably something that is... I want to say man-made, but that makes me seem like I'm saying aliens. It's it's something not natural. That's as... Look, that's as firm as I'm going to be. It's not natural, everybody. We don't know what it is, but... Fuck it. It might be aliens. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, the real ghosts haunting a visit... The real ghosts haunting a visit to California's most famous gold rush ghost town. 
Apparently, if you go down California State Route 270, there is a... The Bodie State Historic Park. It was once a mining town with a peak population of 8,000 during the 1880s. Now, it's a ghost town. Even more surprisingly, it seems like there's ghosts in said ghost town. That's right, a lot of people have been beginning, not even really beginning, a lot of people have noticed paranormal activity in these 19th century home ghost towns. They don't know who they are, they don't know why they are, they don't know what they're doing there, but paranormal activity has been upticking for a while now to the point where paranormal investigators are going to this town on a fairly regular basis. To a more personal point, makes me want to go to this town and find out just what the hell is going on in this little ghost town. A, I love ghost towns. B, you add real ghosts to it? <laughs> hell, yeah, I want to check it out. Alrighty, finally in paranormal news, does our son have a long-lost twin? Now, I'm not uh, talking to one of you specifically asking if we have a child who happens to be a male, and is that male a long-lost, does he have a long-lost twin? No, I'm talking about our son. The sun up in the sky. Does our son have a long-lost twin? Yes, maybe. That's right, the strange configuration material in the outer reaches of our solar system has led a team of scientists to speculate that the sun had a companion during its early days. The story says this, intriguingly, this scenario could explain the presence of the hypothesized Planet 9 should it actually exist. More semi-proof that there might be a Planet 9. Uh, a while ago, they said, you know, there's something, you know, wrong with the gravitational pulls in space, which would indicate that there is something large out there. And everybody would freaking out like, oh, it's Nuburu. Oh, it's Planet Nine. It might be Planet Nine. It's not Nuburu. Nuburu is a planet that's like, I don't know, 10 times the size of Earth. That's just one day just going to slam into Earth without any of us noticing it. That's bullshit. Look, I get that we sometimes don't see asteroids until they're too damn close, like the one that's coming up on Election Day. Sure. But the one that's coming up on Election Day is six feet wide. It's not ten times the size of Earth. We'd see this fucker coming for months, if not years in advance. It's not just going to suddenly appear in our sky like the Death Star and then slam into us. Just not going to happen. But back to this story. They're saying that there is space, so there's proof that in this space, the edges of our solar system, there is something like an Oort cloud that has dust, if you will, has particles that would indicate that there is a unsolved mystery, a another possibly mysterious sun that got flung out there a long ass time ago. There's debris left over from the formation of our solar system. And it could be a second sun. But not a black hole sun. Those are completely different. Okay, let's take a quick break. This break is brought to you by StoreEnvy.com slash Paranormal Almanac. That's right, you can go to StoreEnvy.com slash Paranormal Almanac for all your Paranormal Almanac merchandise needs. They've got stickers. They've got shirts. Now, I have been told by a bunch of fans that they're very slow on getting shirts out at the moment. I, I have no control over that. I literally, it's just a site that does my orders. We, we, you know, we make the designs, we put them up there, and then this site kind of handles everything for me. Yes, it does seem like they are taking forever to ship out shirts at the moment. I'm assuming because of the pandemic or what's happening with the post office. So... If you guys are planning to give someone, that special someone, a Paranormal Almanac shirt, or coffee mug, or hat, or bag, or sticker, or one of each, and you want to give it to them for Christmas, you might want to jump on that earlier rather than later just to be on the safe side. Alrighty, we are back. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, let's talk about haunted ships. The bigger, the better. Now, I'm going to start this episode, but this episode really takes off with the fan favorite, Elijah Hendrickson. That's right, he is back. 
he gets carte blanche to come up with any topic he wants for his next episode. Like I said, I'm like, you can come back anytime. And when you come back, you can do anything you want, any episode you want, as long as it's obviously paranormal. He can't come back and just talk to me about Pokemon, you know, something like that. Which, thankfully, he hasn't done that. Uh, but every freaking time this kid knocks it out of the park, he came prepared. We were socially distancing. I don't want you guys to think, like, we were, you know, sitting arm in arm or anything. It was completely socially distanced, pandemic-approved Elijah Hendrickson episode. Now... It might be, I haven't really uh, played with the, the levels yet. It might be a little quiet in parts. It might be a little loud in parts. I'm going to try and even that all out for you guys. But the content is what I'm talking about. And boy, howdy, did he knock it out of the park again. So you're going to have to wait for Elijah in just a little bit. You're going to you're stuck with me until Elijah. You're stuck with me for a little bit, if you will. For, uh, let's just get into this. First up, in Haunted Ships... Let's talk about the SS Valencia. The SS Valencia was built in 1882. This is the only one I'm going to go really big into the uh, the background on it, just because it's always the first one. I always do it for the first one, and then I lose interest halfway through. But uh, hold on one second. Okay. Like I said, I always I always go like, you know, whole hog for the first few, then I lose interest in that stuff, because I want to get to the spooky stuff. I don't care about this stuff. But for the first one, for the Valencia... She was, uh, she is 1,598 tons, 252 feet long. Now, this ship had a few, quote-unquote, misadventures, like when it was deliberately attacked by the Spanish, by the Spanish crews in 1897 off the coast of Cuba. Whoopsie! Then, in 1906, the SS Valencia sank off the coast of Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh, I guess she's no longer 252 feet long. She sank. But she sank off the coast of Vancouver, British Columbia after encountering bad weather near Vancouver Island in a spot known as the Graveyard of the Pacific. So if you're going to be floating through the Graveyard of the Pacific, there's a good chance you're going down because there's a whole shit ton of ships that went down in that area. Now, when it went down, it killed all but 37 people on board. Now let's get to the spooky. About six months later, Local indigenous people say they spotted a lifeboat with eight skeletons in a nearby sea cave. But the cave was so treacherous that they couldn't go in to see if the life, if that lifeboat came from the Valencia or not. It seems like when it was very high tide one day, it was at high enough that it pushed that lifeboat over the cave opening kind of a thing and into the cave itself. My question is... So whatever happened to that one that was in the cave? Did someone finally go in there and pull it out and go, Oh yeah, look, I found a bunch of skeletons and this uh, lifeboat a la Goonies. You know, I mean, that's basically the plot to the Goonies. But that wasn't the only lifeboat. Other lifeboats manned by skeletons were seen by local fishermen nearby. The scary part of this one is, the fishermen swore that these lifeboats seemed to be rowed by the skeletons. Not rowed like they're riding it, but like rowed as in they were rowing the they were rowing the boat, if you will. They were rowing the lifeboat. Now, the fishermen also said that these lifeboats with the skeleton rowing crew inside did have the SS Valencia mark on them. Then, while transporting survivors of the Valencia to Seattle, a passing ship claimed to have seen the outline of the SS Valencia in the rescue ship's black plumes of exhaust. They said, because you got to remember, this is like, what, 18, uh, 1906? 1906. So 1906, there's going to be a lot of exhaust. So this ship that's going by, this rescue ship, look over, and behind the rescue ship in the black plumes of gross smoke, they saw the actual outline of the Valencia. Very weird. Very, very weird. Then, starting in 1910, four years later, people started seeing the ghost ship Valencia in a loop. It was playing back the crash against the rocks. They were in the area, they looked over and went, oh shit, there's a ship that's crashed and, you know, going down. Oh no, it's the Valencia, when it's already crashed and going down. They could even see the ghostly crew trying to save the ship from sinking. Now, this replay of the Valencia's last moments 
would be reported again and again for years. Then, not even done with the Valencia yet, 1933, Lifeboat 5 was found floating in Barkley Sound. They said it was reported to be in such good condition, with much of the original paint remaining, but sadly no skeletons were on board, despite what some BS bullshit sites say. So, went down in 1906. Almost 30 years later, lifeboat number 5 from the Valencia was found floating in Barkley Sound. That still doesn't do it for the end of the Valencia, though. People say that the ghost ship can still be seen, though. So, if you're in the area, make sure you keep an eye out for skeletons rowing a lifeboat or a ghost ship. And damn it, you better get me a picture of either of those things if you see them. Alrighty, now that is a good ghost ship story. So let's keep going. Now the next one is a true ghost ship. A ship that was seen for decades unmanned. It's called the Bakimo. I don't know how to pronounce the Bakimo, so let's take a look right now on how you pronounce Bakimo. 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 Alrighty, apparently it's Bakimo. That's right. Off the Alaska Keys, there's a place called Bakimo. In 1931, the Bakimo, the SS Bakimo, became trapped in the ice near Alaska. It was completely stuck and it was determined that the only course of action was to abandon ship. But that wasn't the end to the ship. It was actually seen floating unmanned by numerous crews of other boats for the next 38 years off the coast of Alaska. Now this is true. Various crews even boarded her and checked for life aboard, but none were able to salvage her. The last known reported sighting was way back in 1969. It was stuck in the ice of the Beaufort, Beaufort? Yeah, Beaufort Sea, between Point Barrow and Icy Cape. Now, no one really knows what became of her since that last sighting, but in 2006, the Alaskan government started a project to locate her or her remains, but so far, nothing has been found. So she might still be out there. It's, you know, highly unlikely, but... She might still be out there, just still floating around, unmanned, no skeletons rowing, no nothing. Alrighty, let's go back a bit further to 1775 for this next one. Now, it's called the Octavius. Now, this is a bizarre one with a lot of urban legends, a shit ton of nonsense, but I think the true story is this. The Octavius was a three-masted schooner that was discovered on October 11th, 1775 by a whaling ship called the Herald. Now, the Herald came upon the Octavius when they boarded her and they found that the entire crew had froze to death. When they got down to the captain's quarters, they found the dead, frozen captain at his desk and a logbook entry from November 11th, 1762. That's right. 13 years earlier. See? I'm Paranormal Almanac. We do the math for you. Not so much on that first story, but on this story, we did the math for you. I think the other one was 24 years. This one's 13 years. Anyhow. The Herald's crew determined that the Octavius had left port in England in 1761, and it arrived at its destination the following year. But according to the captain's logs, he had a brilliant idea to try the really difficult and mostly untested Northwest Passage to return home. And, well, I guess technically they made it through the Northwest Passage, but too bad for them they all made it through frozen dead. So, look, if you're keeping score, I guess, yes, technically the captain was right. They could make it through the Northwest Passage. He didn't say, we're going to make it through the Northwest Passage unfrozen. So... You know, score one for him. Alrighty, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, Kurt, make with the spooky ghosts, not the ghost ships. Fine, here you go. Let's move on to the Star of India. The Star of India was built in 1863. Now, you can actually go visit this ship, and I have, at its final destination in San Diego. That's right, this ship is still around, 
It's a maritime museum in San Diego. They have parties on it every real Comic-Con that's down there. She's also the oldest ship still sailing regularly, and also the oldest iron hull merchant ship still afloat. Now, there are a bunch of ghost stories on this ship, like in 1884, a young stowaway still in his teens by the name of John Campbell was discovered and put to work. Now, legend has it that he was up high in the whatevers, the riggings up high, and he fell. Now, he landed 100 feet below onto the deck. He survived the fall, but just barely. He had crushed both legs and died shortly afterwards. They dumped his body at sea, but he's been seen, he's been spotted both high up in the riggings and on the deck. And also people visiting the museum have seen or felt someone touching them when they're near that mast where he fell and died from. So the legend, if you will, the rumor, if you will, is that if you get to that spot, sometimes John Campbell's going to reach out and touch you. Now, he's not the only ghost aboard, though. People have been taking the tour and have heard whispers, voices, smelled things like cooking and bread baking, heard and seen pots and pans moving on their own, remember that for later, felt cold spots, hands touching them throughout the ship, and screams are heard from below in the anchor room, where a crewman supposedly died. But to be honest... I can't prove that last one, so take it with a grain of salt, because honestly, it just seems like an urban legend to me. There is no proof that the anchor chain crushed a crewman or anyone on board that I could find. But that's the story that goes along with that scream. EVPs have also been recorded all over the ship, so if you do go aboard and you're hanging out on the ship, I recommend pulling out your phone and doing a couple of EVP sessions and see what you can get. It does seem to be a really active ship, though. A lot of people have done a ton of paranormal research on the ship, and they say they always get something. Mostly, pots and pans moving. Alrighty, let's get a little newer, but a little smaller for a second before we hit the big ships. Now, I love steamboats. From the ones that used to take people to Boblo Island in Detroit, to the Mark Twain at Disneyland, there's just something cool and amazing about steamboats. Every time I see a steamboat or go on a steamboat, I want to drink a mint julep and just enjoy life. So, I would love to have a mint julep right now while I'm telling you about this one, but I don't. So, I'm just going to tell you the story. It's called the Belle of Louisville, and it was built in 1914. When it was built, it was called the Idlewild. Now, it's still in operation today, but let's get to the spooky, shall we? According to former employees of the Belle of Louisville... They actually tell new hires to not be alarmed by all the paranormal activity and that they can talk about it, you know, what they see or hear with co-workers, but no quote-unquote official record of such an event will be recorded in the log for the fear of driving away the public or having government funding revoked. Kurt here. I call BS on that to the nth degree. Why would having a ghost on board pull any type of funding? I I'm going to come back to this rant in just a second. I'm going to get a little bit more into it. Anyway, here's some employees' ghost stories. One employee was alone in the office late one evening completing some paperwork when he had the feeling like he was being watched. So he's working on some papers with that feeling. He looks up. Bam! Staring right at him is the late Captain Ben Winters. So he freaks out, obviously, but as he's standing there staring at the dead captain, Captain Winters slowly vanishes away. Now, other employees have also seen the captain all over the steamboat, but especially in the wheelhouse, where he suffered his fatal heart attack in 1948. They've also heard, quote, Floyd the deckhand whistling in the engine room. They've also felt cold spots and whispers are heard on board, but, apparently, not on any official record. What official record would that be anyways? What records do boats that are docked all the time keep? And, if they were so keen on keeping the ghost story secret, how come the Belle of Louisville was on the TV show Ghost Hunters? Also, 
how come the boat itself offers ghost cruise tours? So, you know that whole, like, official record bullshit? It's just that. It's bullshit. I call bullshit to that. I think the boat is, you know, haunted. Sure, why not? I don't think that because they hear whistling from an engine room, they could determine that it was someone called Floyd the Deckhand. Bullshit. Unless, on some official record, there's a thing by the captain every day going, Boy, I wish Floyd the Deckhand would stop fucking whistling from the engine room. Then, okay, maybe. Or, if he's writing it out going, I swear to God, if Floyd the Deckhand doesn't stop fucking whistling, I'm gonna have a fatal heart attack right here in the wheelhouse. And, and it was dated 1948. Sure, you got me. Then I'd say all day long, yep, hear the whistling? That's Floyd. Otherwise, fuck you. Alrighty. Sorry. I told you there's gonna be a rant. I told you. Alright, up next is the USS Constitution. Now, this old-ass boat was built in 1797. One of the first six built by the Naval Act of 1794. Now, it's, na it's nicknamed Old Ironsides of 1812. It's docked in Boston, next to the USS Constitution Museum, which seems to be the right spot for the USS Constitution to be docked. Look, if you're going to dock the USS Constitution, and you're not docking it next to the USS Constitution Museum, that seems like bad planning. Okay, now, it doesn't get sailed much, but apparently, when it does get sailed, crews see all kinds of paranormal activity, like objects moving on their own. Stuff rolling across the decks, which, to me, seems like something that would just happen on any old ship. I mean, they're rocky as hell. I'm... I'm I'm sure shit rolls across decks on old boats all the time without paranormal activity, but there is one account that is a huge grain of salt story about a 24-pound cannonball rolling back and forth across the deck by itself when the ship was standing still, but I can't verify any of that. Uh, the crew also feel the presence of ghosts, but no hard concrete ghost sightings that I can find, so let's keep on keeping on to a couple of quick ones. Not to be confused by the USS Constitution, this next one is the USS Constellation. People on board have seen the ghost of a seaman who died on board and also hear screams below decks, seeing people walk by then disappear on the upper decks, voices, footsteps, pots and pans moving. Dun dun dun. But the reason I wanted to add the USS Constellation to this list is because when there's not a global pandemic, you can actually have a lantern tour at night and then sleep over on board the ship. So, that's cool as hell. Alrighty, on to the USS Hornet. The USS Hornet was built in 1940. Now, this is an amazing ship. It served in World War II and in Vietnam, but, most importantly to me anyways, the USS Hornet is the ship that picked up the astronauts from Apollo 11 when they returned from the freaking moon. Yep, it's the one that you see that picks them up in all that old footage. Real old footage. We actually went to the moon. Knock it off. Alrighty, now this WW2 ship has a ton of deaths on board. Staff and visitors have seen bloodstains appear, then vanish in front of them. That's really cool. Uh, they've seen ghosts in World War II uniforms all over the ship. I mean, every place of the ship. They've seen ghosts in the infirmary of wounded soldiers, footsteps, voices, shouting about manning stations. Thermal cameras have actually caught seats and typewriter keys getting hot like someone was using them. They've also heard bulkheads opening and closing, or people hear them open and close by themselves. They also hear the sounds of pots and pans being moved. That's three, in case you, if you're keeping score... Every time I talk about pots and pans on this episode, take a drink. Alrighty, here's one grain of salt story, though, about a tour group being led by an officer in World War II dress uniforms that was taking them on a tour of the ship, then vanished when everyone was far below decks. I hope that's true. It's also not the first ship on this list. Well, it is the first ship on this list so far, but it's not the only ship on this list that has someone... A ghost, supposedly, giving tours of the ship. There's like three or four of them on this list alone. It's something that pops up 
again, fairly regular. Now, this is another ship you can spend the night on while you do paranormal investigations when the world stops being evil, and I definitely want to visit this ship whenever I can. Alrighty, keeping it moving so we can get to the Elijah part of this, let's move on to the SS William A. Irvin. This ship was built in 1938. This Great Lake ship served for more than 40 years, but not without the loss of life on board, including a crew member that was killed in the boiler room. And guess what? He's still seen there today. Not, obviously, not his corpse or his skeleton. I just mean the ghost guy of the crew member is still seen in that very boiler room to this day. People have also heard footsteps and voices... Now, normally, it has a self-guided haunted tour on board. So a lot of the stories are when people are alone or by themselves and kind of probably freaking themselves out. But there's a lot of people that said, hey, I was alone doing this self-guided haunted tour and I saw a ghost. I heard a ghost. I heard voices. I was the only one on board the ship and I saw X, Y, and Z. So it does seem like this ship is fairly active. Okay, let's continue on. How about a ship that the Japanese Navy reported sinking four times, but it's still around? It's called the USS Lexington, and this aircraft carrier has a bunch of ghosts on board, including Charlie, a sailor, who regularly, who, who regularly gives guided tours of the engine room to people. See? Yet another one. Where ghosts are giving tours. Look, Queen Mary... If you can get that to happen every time, if I can go on the Queen Mary and a ghost gives me a guided tour of the Queen Mary, I will go every freaking weekend, because that's cool as hell. Now, other sailors are seen on board the USX Lexington, as well as a Japanese pilot who's seen regularly. Now, people have also reported bumps to the hull of the ship, like something big is hitting it, and even gunshots on board. So... I guess if you want to take the tour and hope that a ghost gives you this tour, yeah, go for it. But beware, ghosts could be shooting at you on this ship. The ghosts seem to be packing heat. They got the guns, so just be careful, okay, guys? Alrighty, how about another quick one? It's the USS Yorktown, built in 1937. Now, sadly, this ship lost a lot of men during the war. 141 to be exact. Now, visitors see ghosts all over the ship, but one has a nickname, Shadow Ed, who's reported as being a full-bodied ghost in a World War II uniform. Now, people also hear the usual footsteps, voices, pots and pans moving. Alrighty, I'm going to pause right there because you guys are now four shots in, I think, maybe five. There is seriously something about ship ghosts that like to keep making food or like to keep messing with pots and pans on a ton of these ships. Like, I don't know, are ship cooks more likely to become ghosts than any other person on board? That's really weird, right? I, I mean, maybe I'm just making too much out of it, but it seems really odd to me that there's all these reports of pots and pans moving. I mean... Look, you never hear about pots and... You very rarely hear about pots and pans moving in a haunted house. I think David Omen had had one instance with pots and pans. But that's all I can think of. I can't really think off the top of my head. A lot of haunted houses with pots and pans. But haunted ships? Shit. Pretty much every one of them. It's bizarre. Alrighty, moving on. Let's move on to the USS Salem. It was built in 1949. Has shit tons of ghosts of sailors. But... Also, the ghosts of Greek people. Now, a lot of people think it may be because the USS Salem housed victims of the 1953 Greek earthquake. That's right. People smell food cooking, heard voices and singing, heard Greek voices. Obviously, not someone speaking in a Greek accent, but someone speaking Greek. They've heard voices. They've heard singing. They've heard footsteps. And an old tour guide named John who is still seen to this day, even though, you know, he's dead and stuff. And surprise, the sounds of pots and pans are heard on board here too. That's right. You should be five shots into it now, I think. Maybe six, but let's do at least five shots. So if you got to this point in this episode, 
and you're like, crap, I do want to play this game. Line up five shots. Do them. One after other. Bam, 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 bam. Five of them. Alrighty, now you good and drunk? Alright, then it's enough of me. Let's listen to the fan favorite, Elijah, for a bit. Like I said earlier, absolutely love this kid. He is awesome. He's a lot of fun. And the amount of work he does for these episodes astounds me to this day. Can't thank Elijah enough. Enjoy his bit. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, Elijah, what do you got for me on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac? I have the Queen Mary. We've been there together. That's perfect. I like this. I'm excited for this one. All right, I'll turn it over to you. Tell us all about the Queen Mary. Construction for the Queen Mary began in Clydebank, Scotland in 1931. It started with the dream of a man named Samuel Kennard to build the world's biggest, fastest, and most impressive ocean liner. Although there were several problems during its construction, the Queen Mary began its first trip down the River Clyde, while nearly a million people watched from the banks and cheered. The liner was so massive and hard to steer that it ran aground twice on its way to the Firth of Clyde, where it would begin sea trials. After several weeks of testing, the ship only known as Job 534 was ready for its maiden voyage. Wait, wait, what was it originally called? Job 534. J-O-B? Job? Yeah. Really? wonder why they chose that one. You don't have to know the answer. I'm just curious. All right, that's cool. Keep going. I love this. Her Royal Majesty Queen Mary herself cut the satin cord and broke the ball of Australian wine against the hull of the ship and said, I am happy to name this ship the Queen Mary. No one but the King and Queen knew its name until then. On the second day of the trip, the captain... Stitch, why are you being a jerk? Hold on one sec. Go for it. The captain slowed down the ship at the exact spot the Titanic sank in 1912, so the crew could toss a wreath of flowers overboard to honor the lost. I never knew that. The voyage to New York, the voyage to New York was completed in four days, five hours, and 46 minutes. In March of 1940, the British government made the decision to use the Queen Mary in World War II. The military prepared the ship by putting in beds and supplies for soldiers and by pa- painting the ship gray, which is why it was known as the Gray Ghost. Remember when we laid in those bunks? When we were on the Queen Mary, you would, you laid on the bunk and then I laid on the bunk afterwards? Remember that? You don't remember that, do you? No. Really? You don't remember that they had the bunks right there just like it was set up for World War II, and then your dad was like, go ahead, lay on it. So you laid on it, and we took some photos. Your dad took some photos of you, like, acting like you were an army man, and then I laid on it, and it was really uncomfortable. It was all kind of gross and dusty. Really? No. It was mostly used to carry troops, supplies, and equipment. It could carry more than twice the amount of troops than any other liner, and was still the fastest in the world. It is believed that the Queen Mary made a big difference in the war, saving many lives and shortening the war. The Queen Mary was so important to the war effort, Adolf Hitler offered $250,000 and an iron cross with oak leaves metal to the captain of the crew that succeeded in sinking the ship. Oh, wow. Over the course of the war, the Queen Mary also began carrying mail, access prisoners, and injured Allied troops. The only damage the Queen Mary took during the war was when it accidentally collided with an escort ship, the HMS Kurosawa. All right, I'll give you that. Kurosawa, that's that's tough. All right. It's spelled Kurokoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, hey, I'm with you, man. That's that's if that's if that's a word you're gonna get stuck on. That's the one to get stuck on. Kurosawa, that's tough. All right. Yeah. To avoid being seen by enemy submarines, the Queen Mary and Kurosawa were zigzagging in front of each other when bad communication and small air with the Mary's compass led to a deadly crash. To make things worse, the Queen Mary was under orders not to stop for any reason. They had to leave the survivors to float there for hours until a rescue ship came to pick up the survivors. Three out of four of the crew of the Kurosawa died that day. Holy crap. Things could have been much worse, though. The Kurosawa was carrying death charges. 
If they had detonated, it would have killed all the crew in both ships. This accident represents most of the deaths surrounding the Queen Mary. After the war ended, the Queen Mary was used to bring the wives of American and Canadian soldiers home to their husbands. In September of 1946, the Queen Mary prepared to continue service as a luxury liner. The Queen Mary continued run running until December 9, 1967. Over the course of its service, it completed 1,001 voyages and transported hundreds of thousands of people. It now res rests in Pier E in Long Beach, California, where it continues to operate as a hotel, museum, and several restaurants. With so many deaths on and around the Queen Mary, it's not surprise, surprising that there has been reports of supernatural phenomenon. Hundreds of reports range from mysterious sounds, voices, smells, being tortured, not, <laughs> touched or pushed. <laughs> hey, I didn't, I've never been tortured by the by ghosts of the Queen Mary, so that's 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 news to me. I like that. Touched or pushed. <laughs> all over the ship. One of the most famous is the ghost of John Petter, who was a cleaner and fireman who died on board in 1966 while playing a game of chicken with a watertight door 13. Oh, he that guy. Yeah, him. yeah. He was completely crushed and died soon after he was freed of the, to the door. This day, people report hearing and seeing him around door 13 in a boiler room number 3. There had... There have even been reports of him appearing and asking visitors for his wrenches. Several of the rooms are said to be haunted. Stateroom B340 has been on ghost hunters and most haunted. People report having lights turn off and off, the faucet turning off and off on its own, the doors opening and closing, and seeing shadow people in the room. In room A119, several EVPs were recorded. The voices captured appeared to be having normal conversations. Doors opening and closing and shout people have also been reported in room M004. Strange white flashes were also recorded in room M160. And a family staying in that room took pictures that supposedly show a ghostly figure. The first and third class pool has many reports of two different ghost girls. One may have been named Jackie and the other Sally. Both have been seen in and around that pool. The forward cargo hold is one of the darkest and hardest to get to areas of the ship. It's like a deep, dark pit in the lowest part of the ship. German and Italian prisoners were kept in there with bread and water lowered down to them to keep them alive. Many prisoners die down there in the dark and people still report hearing screams, yelling, and crying coming from that area. In places on the deck and in the boiler room, screams for help can be heard coming from outside the ship. Some believe it's from the lost servicemen of HMS Kurosawa. A woman in white evening gown is often seen in the observation bar and Queen's Saloon. Wait, wait, wait. What's seen in the observation bar? I've been up there. We've been up there. What's seen there? A woman in a white evening gown. Really? I don't think I ever knew that one. Her favorite spot, though, is thought to be in the hotel lobby bar by the piano. That's where she's seen most. Huh. The ghosts of World War II servicemen have been seen all over the ship. The sound of footsteps with no known source have been reported in most of the hallways. At least eight staterooms are reportedly haunted, with Rana raging from phantom voices to having covers pulled off your bed while you're on it. Don't like that. The aft engine room is supposedly haunted, and both of the ship's pools have been, had ghostly sightings. Almost every area of the ship has had reports of some kind of paranormal phenomena. There's even reports of ghost cats in the first and third class pool's dressing stalls. Really? Mm-hmm. Lastly, the ghost of Winston Churchill has been seen in several places on the ship, smoking a cigar. With so many reports of hauntings all over the ship, for over 50 years, Queen Mary may be one of the most haunted places in the world. Yeah, I love that. That was awesome, man. All right, so do you remember going on the ghost tour, the ghost hunt with me on the Queen Mary? Yes. You remember... Do you remember what happened to what you were holding? No? no. 
Do you remember you were holding your EVP detector and it went off while the guy was just when the guy that so we were we're walking through the ship and just when the tour guide that was doing the haunted tour started talking about oh and there's a ghost that's always that has been seen in this room and then your EVP started going crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy that it was like at that exact spot where he was talking about the ghost, yes. your thing started going nuts. Now I have a question for you. Oh, I like this. All right, yeah. Can we go back to the Queen Mary when quarantine is over? A thousand percent, yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. We got to do a lot more investigation of the Queen Mary because I didn't know. There's You You just taught me about a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff I didn't know about, like the lady in white, because we were up at the bar. We, um, I don't remember if we got, I think we got snacks and food at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Remember we were, I don't know if you remember, but we were up in the bar area just hanging out and that's where we got the snacks and the food. So that's the bar where she's seen at. So we, now I know that she's up there. I'll start looking for... A lady in white there. There was a lot of white ladies when we were there, but there was no ladies in white while we were there. So do you, all right, so do you also remember, so you don't remember going on the, the so we went down, you, you mean, oh yeah, there we are. That's, that's almost like the exact spot too. That's awesome. Um, your dad, uh, your dad and I and you, we were, were, you know, I got photos of your dad and I at the, at the desk. I probably have photos of you as well. Um, and that's the desk there. That's the seat and the spot where Winston Churchill was at on the Queen Mary. That's why we sat there. So that's a, there's a lot of the stuff in there. So yeah, dude, we're totally going back. Are you kidding? All right, so let me ask you this one. That's the desk. That's the photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Winston Churchill spot that you were just talking about. That's crazy cool. So let me ask you this. Would you stay in the most haunted room on the Queen Mary? Yes. Really? You wouldn't be afraid to go to bed? I probably would, but I would go there. But aren't you afraid that something's going to take the covers off your feet? Yeah, me. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I think like I would, I would definitely want to investigate. I don't know if I would stay there, but I would want to investigate because I don't like things. I don't like ghosts touching my feet while I'm trying to sleep. That'd be pretty bad. Well, this was awesome. You did a lot of research, man. Like not just about the ghosts, but about the whole ship itself. How long did this take you to put together? Hours. Well, more like three months. Reading <laughs> huh? that. Been reading all the stuff for about three months. Did now? Yes. Did you? How many? Did you have to read a bunch of books? You go to the websites. Where'd you get your info about the Queen Mary? I have a book. Oh yeah. Can you bring it over. Sweet. I love this. You did a lot of work, man. This is awesome. Oh my God! The Haunted Queen of the Seas: The Living Legend of the Queen Mary by Nicole Strickland. Yeah. And we went on websites. Holy we up crap! Information from all the websites, and we watched. Uh, we watched uh, the episode from Unsolved Mysteries oh, yeah. Season 1 from uh, when Robert Stack was still the host. Oh, that's awesome. I remember that one. Yeah, it was, episode, it was the third episode of that show that they ever did. We saw a movie in that cinema, right? Yeah, we did. Was the... And the, they have sprayed water on us, too, remember Polar that? Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I remember that. That's Oh, see, that you remember? You don't remember... You don't remember Ghosts, but you remember the Polar Express. Yes. I see how it is. Dude, this is awesome. Yes, we're a thousand percent. I will go... I will go... Gladly go back. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, because I'm going to ask it on the, on the podcast. Uh. Would you want to go... Would you want to make it an investigation where other people, like fans of this podcast, could come with us and do an investigation with us at the Queen Mary? Or is it just going to be us? That would be fun. Yeah? All right. Let's put it out there, then. When when all this said and done is, you know, the pandemic's done and people are safe to go out inside again, we'll, we'll, I'll, put it, I'll make an event where all of us will go there and you will be the guide. Yay. Yeah? You down for that? Yes. Did you have any more questions? Yes, I have one more question. Oh, I got more. All right. I like this. I like question time. I never get to get the questions. I always ask the questions. Which room would you stay in? Oh, that would 100% would be that the, the, the most haunted room. I've been trying to get... Um, I don't know if I ever said it on air. I've been trying to get them to allow Paranormal Almanac to do an investigation of, of the suite that they just opened a couple of years ago, the most haunted room on there. B340. Yes, B340. Thank you. I was like, it's B-something. Yes. And and they they said yes for a while, and then all of a sudden they said they don't want to... Apparently the Queen Mary, maybe they'll change now that they've been you know pretty much out of business for six months, mm -hmm. but they were saying that the Queen Mary was going to stop their association with the haunted stuff and the ghosts. So really? they didn't want to give any podcasts or any shows, any more haunted stuff at the Queen Mary. But you can still rent the room out, so I could do that. I'd get the room. We can at least we can at least make that like our home base. We don't have to spend the night there, but we can make that home base, hang out there, do an investigation, 
walk around, get some food, that kind of stuff. I think it'd be cool, man. Yeah. I'd be totally down for that. Uh-oh. And, yeah, you have one more Have you had any experiences on the Queen Mary? I have. Uh, besides going there with you guys, um, there was one time where I, I was walking around the Queen Mary, and you can do a self-guided ghost tour. And they have the captain's quarters, like, closed off behind glass so you can see what it would look like back in the day. And it was back in the day when the Kurosawa apparently happened. So um, when I was doing that, while I was there, when I was there doing it, um, I was looking in the room. I was reading all the plaques and stuff. There was somebody I could see in the reflection of the glass, someone standing right behind me. So I went, oh, I'm sorry, let me get out of your way. And I turned around and there was nobody there. Not 10 feet away, not 20 feet away. Nobody was there. So I saw a ghost in the reflection of the glass while I was looking at the captain's room. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then my neighbor, Sharon, her daughter, I, I definitely talked about this in the podcast, but I'll do it again because this is like a perfect episode to do it on. Um, she was she took her daughter, who's probably in her 40s now, when her daughter was a kid, she took her on a tour of the Queen Mary. And at that time... You could go into the pool area. Remember, like, when we did the tour, you couldn't go in the pool area. You could just look through the window. So when she was walking through the pool area, even though the pool was empty, her daughter asked if she could go play with that girl in the pool. Or maybe the pool was full at the time. I can't recall. But she wanted to play with the girl in the pool. And my friend Sharon was like, play with who? What are you talking about? And the girl was gone. She turned around and the girl was gone. Her daughter Gina was like, there was a little girl that was just standing there in, like, old in a dress. So she was seeing the ghost of a little girl in the pool area. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what would be your favorite place to check out to do it? Like, what would be the first place you'd want to do an investigation of if we when we go? The boiler room. Boiler room, perfect. I love the boiler room. That was that's the photo, the first photo that your your dad just showed us. Uh, um, yeah, the boiler room is definitely one of the highlights of it. You remember the prop in the water? We go down there and you can see the ginormous prop in the water. Yes. See. That's that's my favorite place. It's not haunted, but it's my favorite place because you got to go past the boiler room, past the door to get down to there. So this was awesome, man. This is very cool. Now I got to figure out how to do my part on either side of this part of it. You got to make me. You're gonna make me do a lot of research on other ghost ships. I like this. This is cool. What you've got another yes. question? What's? I wrote my questions down. Here. All right. What's up? If you could go anywhere on the ship, where? Oh, off limits and everything. Ah, yes. uh, that's a good question. Because supposedly, and I don't know if this is ever true, I never tried to debunk it, supposedly there's another room that is still sealed off. So if that part was true, I'd want to go to that sealed off room. They but, just opened it up last year. No, no, in a different one. Another one? Yeah. Oh, they just, yeah, they found one last year for the uh, the one that controlled the, was the controls for the, uh, for the anchors. Yes, yeah, yeah, and so there's supposedly a room off of there oh. that's still sealed. So and the, and apparently the one with the anchors is like mega haunted as well. Really, that's yeah. awesome. Um, but there's supposedly another room. So if that if if that rumor is real, and like I said, I haven't debunked it. I would want to go in that room. I'd want to be the first person to you know unseal that room and go in there. But if not, it's got to be the pool area, right? Because that's something that we'll probably never be able to get into by ourselves. So you'd have to have like some kind of unfettered access so it would be the pool room i want to i want to go in there and do an investigation stay in there for a while a couple hours you know spend some time in the pool area i would like to see the yeah yeah the last time we were there they were talking they about actually it. look like they were doing yeah they're redoing the tile and all that stuff yeah it'd be cool if they did i don't understand why they couldn't put a railing around the pool itself and then take people through there it yeah. makes no sense yeah yeah so that that's where i would want to go for sure I would like to see the ghost cat. Well, yeah, I didn't even know there were ghost cats, man. Why? So, all right, if there's ghost cats, then there had to have been ghosts on that, or there had to be ghosts, there had to be cats on that ship at one point. So what point do you think there were a bunch of cats running around the Queen Mary? I don't know. I don't either. I don't, I don't think anybody does, but do you think it was during World War II? Do you think it was when it was first starting? Didn't they do that for ships during that time to keep rats? I guess that would make sense. That is a good way to, yeah, get rid of the, rats get rid of the vermin. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, I never knew that it ran aground prior to it being out in the in the ocean. Yeah, twice. Man. It was such a big ship; they weren't quite sure how to to get it out of there. That's so it was crazy. going down the River Clyde before it hit the Firth. Yeah, they ended up uh, running it aground twice. Didn't didn't damage it, thankfully, but uh, 
That's nuts, man. Like, well, I don't think I ever told you this, Elijah, but my grandpa, when he went over for World War II, it was a friendship. I, I, I got to find the name of it. Um, but uh, the, the same it was the exact same size of the Queen Mary's big, whole, you know, old ship. And they did the same thing. And he said it was the worst, you know, boat he'd ever been on, the worst voyage he'd ever been on, if you will, because it was so rough waters. They stacked those those um, cots up so high that it was just rocking back and forth. He said everybody was green. Oh, there's a fun fact. Do you know why the mirrors on the Queen Mary are tinted gold? No. Because it was such a rough passage, four days to get across the ocean, that the ship was rocking so for, you know hard back and forth that everybody was like seasick and green. So they tinted the mirrors gold. So when you looked in the mirror, you looked nice and healthy. You didn't look all green and sickly. That's... There's a fun fact for you. Yeah. So next time we go on there, we'll get you seasick and looking sickly, and then you can look in the mirror, and then you look fine. I would not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, this was awesome. Thank you again for doing, like, way more research than I ever do on, a, on an episode. This is perfect. Uh, all right, so now let me ask. I got a question for you. Is there a topic that you want me to do for Paranormal Almanac? Why are you looking at him? I'm asking you. No. No? No. Are you done with it? Are you over Paranormal Almanac? No. It's boring already? I get it, man. It's really good. <laughs> He's probably going to have to think on it. Yeah, you while. think on it. You, I'll give you, there's no time limit. You can, you can come back to me in six months and say, I want to know about the ghost squirrel of Alcatraz, and I'll do an episode on the ghost squirrel of Alcatraz, if there is one. So, but this was awesome. Thank you again, as always. There's no way to find Elijah online, but as always, I want to thank Elijah. Give him a chance to do any shout-outs that he wants to do, because I didn't do that last time. So here's your chance. Putting you on the spot for real now. Any shout-outs that you want to do to anybody at all, you can do on this episode. I'd like to give a shout-out to Alec. Alec? Yes. Cool. All right. Shout-out to Alec. I like that. Anybody else? I would also like to give a shout-out to Tristan. See, that's perfect. Alrighty, I'm back. That's right, Kurt here again. See what I mean? How great is Elijah? To the point, lots of facts. Ask me some questions. How about that? Um, in that little spiel with me and Elijah, the ship that I was talking about that took my grandfather overseas in World War II was the Ile de France. Now, I'm going to post a neat video of it on the Facebook page that shows what became of the Ile de France. It's a sad ending to a beautiful old ship. It was a lot like the Queen Mary. It was incredibly cool to hear from my grandpa what it was like to be on that ship. But that'll be up on the Facebook page. So that about does it for this episode. I'm going to add one more haunted ship in its own patron-only mini-episode coming very soon, patrons. I want to thank you again to Elijah for always blowing me away for how much he prepares. I cannot wait to hang out with him again in real life on board the Queen Mary with him and Todd and Jamie and any of you that want to make the trip. That's right. When we do a Queen Mary hangout, we'll announce it. We'll tell everybody, anybody that wants to travel to the Queen Mary and meet up with us, I think it'd be a fun night. I mean, they got a, they got bars and restaurants, all kinds of cool stuff. You guys can get a room as well. We could all, you know, have fun all night long, if you will. Uh, I'm hoping to stay in the most haunted room on the Queen Mary with Todd, Jamie, and Elijah for at least as long as they want to spend the night. But the invitation is open to everybody listening to this episode. We'll let you know, obviously, when all this shit is done and the pandemic is over and everything, when it's safe to hang out again. I think it'd be very cool to have a paramaniac meetup on the Queen Mary. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac.
Yeah, we're gonna snow iron